What's up? Somebody wake me. Yo, what's up, man? Is this thing on? <laughs> Jay Soderberg. That's me. John Luckenbaugh. That's him. Two podcasting veterans. One from the production space. And one from the outer space. And we're, we're, we're QNO. Weekly news and tips in podcasting. On podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting. My name is Pod Vader, also known as Jay Soderberg. His name is John, also known as John Luckenbaud. Hello, John. Hey, Jay. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. You are, of course, the founder, president. Have you ever given yourself an actual title to the Queued Up uh, Podcasting Agency? Owner, head engineer, I guess. Those are good ones. Yeah. Those are good titles. John, uh, how's your week been? Full. It's been it's been good. A good Thanksgiving with the family. Of course, no travel, right? <laughs> right. No travel. Full is a great way to describe after Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Yeah. Full. Just full. Mm-hmm. Lots of pie. That's what I mm-hmm. that's all I know. Lots of pie. How can people get in touch with you, John? Uh, you can reach me at my website, which is qdup.com, qd-up.com, or through email, which is info at qdup.com. I am at the real pod Vader on Twitter. Nextfanup at gmail.com is the best way to reach me via email. Before we get into our topic today, John, what are we using to record our podcast? We're back to Zoom. Back to Zoom. Although we've Run into a few technical difficulties already right off the bat. We had to shut down our video for some reason. The the bandwidth wasn't allowing us to to record. Hmm. These are some of the little things that, uh, as a podcaster, you need to be aware of. Bandwidth is obviously something that is super important, and especially in these days where uh, you might have children that are home learning, distance learning, and they're sucking up the bandwidth and video feed with video feeds that they're doing with their schools. At the same time that you're trying to podcast, or maybe they're just on an Xbox playing a video game, whatever, be aware of what your bandwidth is. And if you need to buy some more, you can always get more from your local internet provider. That's why we ran into some issues with that last week with Clean Feed, where some of the content had to be actually cut out. It wasn't salvageable. The one way you can avoid that is by running a backup. Uh, and then if I was recording locally, John would have been able to take the local recording and make a clean edit there. Backups are great. You should probably do a backup. It's probably a best practice to record a backup. But in our particular case, it wasn't important content. And in our particular case, it would have been something that John could have dialed me up and said, hey, we need to record this section. Uh, you may not have that option with a guest. But then again, your guest is probably not going to roll a backup for you either. No. Depending on who that guest is. So far, through all of our tests, I feel the most comfortable with Zoom and I really like Squadcast as well. Hmm. Uh, there's a few more that, uh, that John and I are going to try over the course of the next couple of weeks. But uh, we're, as you can see, we're starting to settle into a groove here with the show and, and some of the different recording processes that we do with the show. So. Uh, we're probably going to settle down on one or two or or more <laughs> within the next few weeks. And and we'll provide a full review of all of the services that we've done over the last uh over the last couple of months here. 
John, this is a special episode uh, being after Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, at least as far as the audience knows. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to just sort of focus our attention on one topic. So we won't be talking about the Apple podcast stats. You're not going to teach me a lesson this week. Instead, we're just going to take one very popular topic that affects a lot of podcasters out there and especially a lot of new podcasters. And that is hosting. When I mention hosting, I'm not talking about me, uh, the, the host here on the podcast. What I'm talking about are the companies that uh, host or house your RSS feed for distribution. And that is really the thing to remember because the one critical thing you need to be a successful podcaster is create an RSS feed for digital distribution everywhere podcasts are heard. And if you find a hosting site that doesn't do that one critical thing, one, they're not a hosting site, and two, you should not use them. So remember, the one critical thing you need to be a successful podcaster is to have an RSS feed that is digitally distributed everywhere podcasts are heard. That's correct. And there's a couple other extra features that hosting sites provide, such as your stats, marketing tools, and they also can provide a podcast website. But again, the basic principle is that it's a place to put your audio files or video. So it's important to note that when people ask, well, what's the best hosting site to use? There really isn't a clean answer to that question because, again, they all do the one critical thing that you need to do. It's just a matter of understanding these extra services that the hosting provider provides uh, that match up with your ultimate podcasting goals. We have a list here that we're going to provide in, in no real particular order for some podcast hosting sites to consider. And for full disclosure, uh, it's important for you, the listener, to understand that I was formerly the vice president of content at Blog Talk Radio, which was bought out by Spreaker to create the VoxNest company, which was most recently acquired by iHeartRadio. So I know and am friendly with many of the people that run all of these hosting companies and have quite a bit of knowledge on how these hosting companies operate. We have no affiliate deals with any of these companies, although that can certainly be negotiable uh, for future reference to anyone listening. And the following is just an opinion that is based on publicly available information about all these companies. I'm not giving away any insider secrets into any of these particular companies. At least I don't think I am. And if I am, well, then uh, you benefit the listener and I get a cease and desist, <laughs> which is not what I'm looking for, John. No, no, no. So before we get into the different hosting sites, why can't you host on your website? Well, it becomes a storage issue. Now, there are some web companies that will provide podcast hosting for you, but uh, ultimately, they were designed for web hosting. They weren't designed for your RSS feed hosting slash distribution. So it is best uh, if you are going to try and host your own podcast on your own website that you utilize a company, Blueberry would probably be the one that I would recommend that will create your RSS feed for proper distribution to the mm. listening destinations. So the host does handle the podcast distribution then? 
it is easiest for the podcast distribution to come from the hosting site because that's exactly what these companies were designed to do. The web hosting companies, for instance, were not designed for digital distribution to the listening apps that are everywhere else. But uh, Libsyn, Blueberry, Spreaker, Red Circle, Acast, Omni, Megaphone, et cetera, et cetera, all of these companies were designed exactly with that process in mind. I guess it would take a lot of bandwidth because uh, I guess audio files can be pretty big. Let's say 50 megabytes for an average kind of episode. And if you do well and you get a couple thousand downloads of your episode every week, that's 2,000 times 50 megabytes. That's, that's a lot of bandwidth. That's not even including your back catalog. And that's not even including you trying to get bandwidth to record your episode. So understand that self-hosting your podcast could take a lot of server space and bandwidth that could lead to a fairly high expense if you don't know exactly what you're doing. There's a lot of OGs out there that feel comfortable with doing this. Uh, Adam Curry, probably one of the more famous ones, and he's set up to creating this new podcasting 2.0 uh, to keep podcasting free and open. Right. He would be a person that is obviously very comfortable, knows all the ins and outs, knows all the technical aspects of hosting a podcast, where he's probably going to do that on his own. If you are not that type of person, or if you're a corporation, or if you're not technically adept, hosting your own podcast is not something that you want to undergo. No, definitely not. With that, let's get into the different options available. So again, remember that the one thing all of these companies do is provide you with an RSS feed that can be digitally distributed everywhere podcasts are heard. We'll start with Libsyn, one, because they're the biggest, and they're probably one of the more popular uh, podcast hosting companies that are out there. What makes Libsyn different from some of the other places that we'll end up talking about is they literally provide you with the most listening destinations uh, for your podcast, an automatic distribution to all of those different listening destinations. A lot of these places will provide you with the step-by-step -step instructions to get your podcast listed on Apple, Spotify. Some of these companies have directly negotiated easy distribution to those particular outlets. Libsyn what they do is they provide you with a unique RSS feed for each of these listening destinations. There are pros and cons to that. The pro is that you are literally everywhere and you have a better idea of who specifically is listening on each of these different listening destinations because they're only listening to this one RSS feed. The second is that you have multiple RSS feeds. So if you do end up deciding Libsyn isn't necessarily for you, the transition can get a little bit more messy. Libsyn will make all of that easy for you, though. Uh, they are well, they've been in this game as long as anybody else has been. Uh, and they want to make sure that anything that they do is in the best service of their customers. So are they like the, the Walmart of, of hosting then? That, mm. they, that they provide everything? But is there something that they specifically do better than others? I guess the, the distribution aspect that you just covered, but I kind of like that description. I don't think I've ever heard them described as that. I think it's a fitting description there. They are the Walmart of podcast hosting. And if they're the Walmart, then the target is probably blueberry. Blueberry. 
<laughs> which is number two on the list. Now, as I mentioned before, if you are one of those hosts that would like to self-host your RSS feed, Blueberry is probably the company that makes that easiest. That's where a lot of these OG self-hosted podcasts are, uh, at least a large majority of them uh, host have created their RSS feed through Blueberry. Blueberry is also integrated with PowerPress, so they have an easy way to put your podcast onto a website with the PowerPress plugin. So that is something that Blueberry is known for and sort of gives them that advantage in that regard. Should be noted, you can post your podcast on your own website using any of these places. And most of these places will provide you with a web-enabled player for you to listen to their podcasts on their website. We talked a little bit about marketing on this show. It's really the best way to market your podcast is send your audience to your website to listen to your podcast on your website give them the option on your website to go and subscribe to all of the different listening destinations, such as Apple, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Google, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when we talk about Libsyn and Blueberry uh, and Rob Walsh, who's the, uh, the vice president there at Libsyn and Todd Cochran, who's the owner and president at Blueberry, the one thing that the two of them will always talk about when they talk about what differentiates their company from the other is Todd is very large on you owning your RSS feed and having full control over your RSS feed wherever it gets distributed. Libsyn is providing you with the most listening destinations that you can possibly distribute your podcast to. Their disagreement tends to be over the multiple RSS feeds versus the one RSS feed. Ultimately, All I care about is that everyone can listen to my podcast. I'm going to get reliable statistics back. Both of these companies are IAB certified, which is super important. So they're going to give me the best statistics. And I know that both companies are both heavily involved in the IAB and many of the other different aspects of the podcasting industry. Rob Greenlee, who's now with Libsyn, who's been pretty much everywhere. in regards to uh, the podcast industry, has been involved with the Podcast Academy. So again, both these companies are very much involved in the podcasting community, involved in the podcasting industry from both a corporate and an independent standpoint. Both want to make sure that they're doing what's best for their customers. That's awesome. Let's get into Spreaker. I find it a very easy-to-use platform. I would agree. (laughs) And that's not just because I used to work there, Uh, but Spreaker, as I mentioned, was the company that bought out Blog Talk Radio. They formed a new company called VoxNest. Spreaker has a very easy to use platform. That's their whole thing. They've, They've tried to take out a lot of the technical aspects of podcasting and make it as easy as possible for you to understand exactly what you need to do to create your podcast. They also have a live aspect to their platform where you can record your podcast live, which might be another one of those things we we play with on this particular show uh, yeah. in the future. You can let your listeners interact with you during that too, right? They have a, Correct. They have a chat box. You can either be 100% live or you can just use the recording tools to record your podcast as live to tape. As I like to call it, so that you can then have the recording and then edit it how you see fit to post as a podcast. They have a desktop app, a mobile app for 
all devices for recording, live streaming, viewing stats. They do. And they also have monetization tools, which is one of the main reasons why iHeartRadio purchased the company outright. They had been an investor previously, a minor investor in the company, and now they are the owner of the VoxNest company, which obviously owns Blog Talk Radio and Spreaker. Those ad insertion tools are one of the things that I worked on most closely uh, while at Blog Talk Radio for dynamic ad insertion. And uh, that is Spreaker's probably biggest differentiator amongst the podcast hosts that we'll talk about. Although Omni, Acast, Megaphone, which are coming up, they also provide monetization, digital ad insertion tools as well. Libsyn and Blueberry do too, but you have to pay at a higher tier. You have to be on Libsyn Pro specifically. I don't know if you have to be an enterprise user on Blueberry or not to access the dynamic ad insertion tools. Spreaker, you can be at any level to access the dynamic ad insertion tools on their platform. They have a really good distribution platform too on on Spreaker, which allows you to publish to all the main directories without leaving Spreaker for the most part. Yes, they do. That's another wonderful aspect that Spreaker has. When you don't have to leave your platform, all you have to do is click a button to submit your podcast. makes things easier. A lot of these companies will start to do more and more of that as we continue to mature in this business. Again, understanding that there might be some platforms that you don't want to distribute your podcast to for whatever reasons. It's just a matter of understanding what each of those listening platforms' terms of service are and what uh, they will limit or what they might add in the future to your show. I emphasize the word add. Let's talk about Red Circle, which is our hosting platform for, for the queued up podcast on podcasting. Red Circle is the first of the free platforms that we're going to talk about. They do not charge you to host your podcast on their platform, which is great. The one thing to understand about free hosting platforms is their lifespans tend to be rather short. Yeah. Over the course of 15 years, there aren't a lot of free hosting platforms that have existed for a long period of time. What I like the most, though, about Red Circle is the technology that is behind the company and the people that are uh, that formed the company. They came from Uber. Uh, they were the engineers that created the Uber technology that exists. That's cool. That's cool. Yes. Their technology is super sound. They have a dynamic insertion uh, platform as well, both for ads and for cross-promotion amongst other podcasts on the platform. They will actually help you connect with other podcasters that are on the Red Circle platform for cross-promotion, which we know is probably the best and easiest way to gain new audience is through cross-promoting with other shows. How do you feel about the community that they've built so far on that with the cross-promoting from our experience with this podcast? We did one cross-promotion uh, with Talking Tech with Joey, although I failed to give Joey a promo from, from our show to <laughs> promote on his, and we promoted uh, his show on our show a number of times. It feels limited. I feel like it's limited, too. Hopefully, it's going to keep growing as more people find the, the host. I definitely think it was difficult to match up with like shows on there. Do you think a lot of people know about Red Circle? I don't think a lot of people do know about Red Circle. And so hopefully by us talking about them more here will lead a few more people to checking out Red Circle. I will tell you 
I'm really impressed with their technology. I love the idea of being able to cross promote with other podcasts. They make that portion very easy. Right. As limited as the community is, the ability to reach out to other podcasters on the platform is very easy to do. And it's a very simple process of, of setting up the cross promotion with those other podcasts. Now they're not IAB certified, right? They are not IAB certified. They claim that their numbers follow the IAB specs, uh, which are publicly available. There is obviously a difference between being IAB certified and following IAB specs. However, I will say this. I don't think it's as big a deal that they are not IAB certified unless, of course, you are a larger podcaster that is looking to monetize your podcast via advertising. If that is your ultimate goal, then you're probably going to want an IAB certified host over a non-IAB certified host as more and more advertisers are getting into the podcasting industry specifically to advertise on podcasts. They're going to be looking for that specifically. If that is something that is of importance to you, then being on an IAB certified host is going to be more important. If that is not something that's important to you, then Red Circle is 100% a great place for you to be hosting your podcast. I agree. I've found them easy to, easy to use so far. I know we have a couple questions with as far as the stats and analytics that, they, that they're presenting to us, but I think you can run into those issues on any host, really. I mean, the other thing to remember about any of these hosting platforms is that this doesn't have to be the only place that you ever use. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that any of these places will allow you to redirect your RSS feed. And what I mean by that is maybe you start your podcast on Red Circle and you decide that being on an IAB certified host is something that's important to you because monetizing is something that you need to do and your podcast has reached a sizable audience that it can be monetized and you're going to be talking to podcast ad buyers directly. You want to be able to redirect your podcast to one of the other platforms. You want to make sure that that's something that's easy and something that's allowed to be done on that particular website. There are certain podcast hosts that will not make redirecting easy for you or will make it very difficult for you to leave their platform with your RSS feed. Why this is important is because when you do a redirect, what you're doing is you're just telling all the listening destinations out there that your podcast is no longer coming from this host. It's now coming from this host so that you don't lose the audience that you've grown on those different listening platforms. That's what a redirect allows you to do. It allows you to switch your hosting platform without losing any of your audience. If you were to start on Red Circle and then start a brand new on one of the other podcast hosting platforms, you're going to lose your audience uh, and you're going to start over from zero, just something you're not going to want to do, especially if you get to the point where you're monetizing your show. Do you want to talk about the, the ad platform on Red Circle too? The ad platform is dynamic insertion. It makes it available to a show when your audience has at least 500 downloads a week. You'll be able to opt into their ad marketplace. 500 downloads a week, by the way, isn't that many uh, in the grand scheme of things. So growing your podcast to that particular point to get to the advertising 
program on Red Circle, it shouldn't be that difficult. I will tell you that Spreaker's ad marketplace is available to shows of any size. And some of these other platforms uh, require you to have even more than 500 downloads a week. One of them uh, that we'll speak about, how about right now? Megaphone. You may have heard of Megaphone, John. I think they've been in the news recently. Yeah. Weren't they just <laughs> bought by uh, Spotify? Yes, they were. Megaphone is a place where many of the larger broadcasters in the industry, radio broadcasters specifically, host their shows. They typically only deal with larger broadcasters, shows that have 10 to 20,000 downloads per episode type of podcasts on Megaphone. I believe in the press releases, we saw that Megaphone hosted only 2,500 podcasters yeah on their platform when they were acquired by by spotify, spotify. Uh, at a hefty price tag too i might add so those shows uh, have to be rather large to demand that amount of money for that platform when iHeartRadio acquired voxnest it was uh, at a mere quarter of what spotify paid for megaphone and spreaker has many more podcasts than uh, megaphone does so megaphone does the same thing like i said their biggest claim to fame is that they deal with bigger podcasters but their ad marketplace is huge they tend to command higher cpms from the advertisers that they are working with and they do work directly with their clients to try and drive uh, the right type of advertisers to that particular content there are a couple of other ad platforms that I would say when it comes to hosting. Uh, Acast and Omni are the other two that that I would bring up here. Acast is European-based, but they uh, do a lot of the same things that I mentioned with Spreaker and Megaphone and Red Circle in terms of dynamic ad insertion. Uh, Acast is also in the original podcast game. So they've created a number of original podcasts through their company. Omni is Australian-based. A lot of big broadcasters are using Omni's technical platform specifically because of the integrations that they've made with different ad buyers uh, that are out there. Triton Digital is a big one. There's a few others that escape me at this particular point in time, but those would be the ones that I would point to if you're looking at monetizing your show and using dynamic ad insertion. These are the platforms that do it. Now, again, Lipson and Blueberry do offer dynamic ad insertion, but they don't make it as easy to use as these other platforms that I've mentioned. Another one that has a built-in ad platform is Anchor, which is probably the most well-known free podcast platform. Anchor is also owned by Spotify, and Anchor has made it super easy to create content uh, via an app on the phone to make a podcast. The biggest thing that we've seen with Anchor is also that they have automatic distribution to Apple, which no other hosting platform has. And the fact that Anchor is owned by Spotify and has automatic distribution to Apple is also very <laughs> head-scratching, right? So they're like, huh, how's that work out? If they're owned by Spotify, they also have automatic distribution to Spotify via Anchor as well. Because it is so easy to create content on Anchor, we have mentioned this when we've talked about the Apple stats, there are a lot of dead or pod-faded podcasts specifically that come from Anchor because people will go in, they'll test it out, and they'll be like, yeah, this isn't what I want to do, or 
maybe they switch the way that they produce a podcast or for whatever reason, most of the dead podcasts that is in the Apple podcast feed come from Anchor. I don't want to say that Anchor isn't for serious podcasters, but there is sort of a narrative about Anchor that exists in the podcasting world as it is the place for beginners and you tend to graduate from Anchor. I don't necessarily think of it in that sense because I do think that you can become a mature podcast while utilizing the tools that Anchor provides. But I do think that many of the tools that Anchor provides, you can find better tools elsewhere, including Audacity as an editor. Yes, I agree. And Audacity is a free digital editing software. You know, we talked about the the marketing aspect of Red Circle and the way that they make it easy to cross-promote. John, there is another platform out there, Captivate, and that is their main goal. Their Their whole hosting platform was created with marketing your podcast in mind. Everything that they do, every aspect of what they build on their platform is with the idea of helping you grow your audience. That is what drives their particular company. So they have made some tools that make it very easy to promote your show utilizing their tools on their Captivate hosting platform. They have a one-click sponsor kit still, correct? I believe so. It's been a while since I've played around with a lot of the Captivate tools, but always listening the the podcast I did with Joel Sharpton. We hosted uh, that podcast on Captivate, and it's really nice. I, I know... Mark Asquith, who is the founder of Captivate or one of the founders of Captivate, really good service, really great technology there. Uh, again, if marketing or growing your podcast is one of your top priorities, Captivate might be the best hosting platform for you to look into. They have one of my favorite podcast players that you can embed. And their, their uh, websites that they provide, I think, are, are really top-notch too compared to some of the other hosting sites. Yes. And again, since we talked about promoting your podcast is probably best through a website, having the ability to create a website through your podcast hosting platform, you would consider is a big advantage. By the way, a little known fact, Libsyn provides that service as well. Let me touch on Transistor for a real quick second. This is the one that we use when we launched Penn State Health podcast. And the thing I like about Transistor is they're, they have a really great private podcasting feature. You can host multiple shows and you can create both a private and a public podcast under the same account without paying for a new hosting plan. There are several reasons you might want to host privately, such as it's an effective way to monetize your show. You can, it's a different way to engage an existing community. If you run a public show, you can have a premium content option alongside. Or you can create a community-based show only available to that group. Something that QDUP is providing is internal podcasts, which helps update your organization staff on a regular basis. But, uh, but Transistor makes it really easy to have a private show, one where you can invite subscribers. That's fantastic. There are a lot of services that are out there that you can utilize in conjunction with some of these hosting services. And some of these hosting services provide private feeds as well, but it's good to know that that you've discovered this transistor platform that uh, seems to sort of specialize in this aspect. Yeah, that's something that their their main focus is on brands and, and uh, private podcasting. Mm. So there you go. That again, 
another highlight as to picking the perfect hosting company has everything to do with what your ultimate goals are with your particular podcast. There are plenty of other hosting platforms out there, John, Podbean, Buzzsprout. Mm-hmm. And, and again, they all sort of provide the exact same thing. Just do your research into each of these particular hosting platforms, see exactly how they're marketing themselves to you. And does that marketing align with your podcasting goals? And if they do, then it's probably going to be the best place for you. And again, remember, if you're allowed to redirect your podcast from their service to another service, because down the line, you feel that your goals have changed with your podcast and there's another hosting platform that better aligns with those goals, just make sure that that is something that you're able to do and you're able to do easily so that you can grow your podcast properly. A lot of these places, like I mentioned, I know a lot of these gentlemen from my time as being the vice president of content at Blog Talk Radio Spreaker. They're all very friendly. Ultimately, everyone's goal is they want to do what's best for podcasters. And while each one of them may address what is best for podcasters in a different way, their ultimate goal is to do what is best for everyone that is creating a podcast. Well, John, I I think once again, we've provided everyone with a full belly of information (laughs) here after the Thanksgiving holiday. I agree. John, uh, if people needed to create a podcast, uh, maybe if they even needed to create an internal podcast for their company, how can people get in touch with you? They can reach us at qdup.com, which is qd-up.com, or through email address info at qdup.com. Or I am also on LinkedIn if you want to reach out on there. I am at the real pod Vader on Twitter if you're looking for someone who can provide you with the expertise of the podcasting industry and you're in need of some help in that regard. Someone who's been involved with podcasting almost since its inception 15 years ago. Man, I'm old. I'm here for you. I'm also easily available on LinkedIn, or you can email me nextfanup at gmail.com. Well, that is the email address to my NFL podcast. It's the best way to reach me via email. John, I hope you uh, had a wonderful holiday and uh, you know, look forward to what we have to talk about next week. I agree, Jay. I hope you had a wonderful holiday too <laughs> in the future. Talking from the past. <laughs> As I look at the future topics, future John, I see we have some things lined up here for uh, ad impressions, star ratings, what Gen Z and millennials want to listen to. Already, I can see some great topics from the business standpoint. How about some future lessons for me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have a couple lined up here as far as uh, creative script writing for podcasts, the purpose of SEO and show notes, and uh, maybe a couple deeper dives into pod fading again. These all sound like great topics that uh, we'll be able to dive into here over the rest of 2020 and into 2021. So uh, be sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Pandora, a Google. Did I already mention Google? See, <laughs> I get into the list and it just, it's all starts to blend together. Yeah. Podcasting is available everywhere. So everywhere you can get your podcast, you can get the queued up podcast on podcasting until next week. He's John on pod. There you have it.